And it is bus day here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Jake has five bus. I have five bus. Five plus five equals ten. We have ten bus that we are going to tell you about on this program today. And players you should not be drafting in your fantasy football leagues in 2023. And by the way, that's a little caveat, a little challenge for Jake and I. Two of those busts cannot be Debo Samuel and Calvin Ridley. Cannot be. Iron Bird, this is Jake. Jake, how the fuck are we? Doing well, man. Yeah, it's, it's almost go time. It is almost go time. It is almost go time. When is uh when is your first draft tentatively tentatively scheduled? The twenty fourth of August. So we're we're closing in. For, it's gonna come up pretty quick. I got vacation yeah. the thirteenth to the twentieth, and then once I come back, it's basically time for draft. So uh, there will be programming that is going to be coming out uh, next week. We have a mock draft that we will that will be coming out. Adam and I uh, recorded that. Uh, that was a wild time. That was a wild time. That was just tired tired bird doing tired bird things and then we will be having another show next week not sure if it's going to be a basement talk podcast or a basement talk podcast fantasy show not sure yet i am of course traveling next week so i won't be here but if there is any major breaking news or anything that happens during the week uh you could bet your ass that there will be a, a, a breaking news podcast that happens at some point during the week i've gone wednesday to monday so anything big happens in that time frame i will make sure that we get a podcast going come hell or high water and i will find a way to get it done um but with that it's bus time so jake has five i have five we combined them into a list and it's if you listen to the high ceiling show that we that jake and i did it's the same sort of criteria if you didn't a shame on you go listen to it and b the fuck are you doing it's almost draft time get get it together we 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 got this. This is crunch time, folks. This is this is you know final studying, final preparations. This is it. This is it. We're all in this together. So let's just jump right into it. And my number ten bust that I have, I've Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is just very very simple, really. They have Calvin Ridley that's coming in there now. There's still Christian Kirk there. Uh, Travis Etienne. We expect him to take a step up in year. Well, year. Th- it should be it's year three, but year one was uh, was was a wing year. Um, we have some reasonable high expectations for the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, yet not everyone can get their opportunity to eat. It, it's very similar. I look at Evan Ingram the same way, kind of this year. I look at at maybe Dallas Goddard for the Philadelphia Eagles, who I also considered putting on this list. He's not going to be a guy, I don't think, that's going to be a week-to-week groundbreaker for you and your fantasy teams. He'll be safe. He'll be fine. I just think that he is the clear fourth, if not maybe certain weeks, fifth option with Zay Jones also uh, still in Jacksonville, that there could be times where he's just not a part of it and Trevor Lawrence is looking to get his receivers the ball and Kirk, Ridley, and, and Jones. I just had a little bit of concern with with Evan Ingram, um, and he was one that I feel like you know we we haven't really talked about the Jaguars as much outside of Kirk and Ridley, 
And I just felt like Evan Ingram was a guy that I wanted to highlight and just make sure that everyone understands that while he had a really great year last year, he was the clear-cut number three option. Now he could be fourth or fifth. And when you start bringing in other names into the mix, it does get a little murky. I am not drafting Evan Ingram. I have him right now at, let me see, where the hell is he? Oh, these are, I'm looking at my super flex ranks. Yeah, I I super flex on the mind, Jake. Um, He's 92nd overall for me. I have him behind Darren Waller and I have him behind Pat Fryermuth. I would much rather those guys over over Evan Ingram. I would not be taking him until until the start of round 10. Yet it almost feels like Ingram was kind of like a six-week mirage last year. If he was consistent from like week one to week 17, I would have a little bit more peace of mind with drafting him. But kind of, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but I guess it kind of was, right? Because I went out there and they made all these other additions in the past game. Not everybody can really get their slice of the pie. And also, Evan Ingram is a guy where he doesn't really have the most proven track record either, right? Like, he was kind of a disappointment with the Giants as a first-round pick. And then last year, he was kind of like a de facto, like, like as soon as Christian Kirk fell off, Evan Ingram came on. I just don't really see that offense having multiple guys to where you're set up in a position for success in fantasy. I think there's one, maybe two pass catchers in that offense that's really going to be a set it and forget it guy for you. And at the tight end position, I do think there's just some safer players out there. Whereas Evan Ingram, he could definitely burn people and he's had issues with scoring touchdowns before in the past too. And that, that kind of got resolved by a little bit of a, a default, but just due to lack of options in that offense at the tail end of last year. So Evan Ingram, or just go with some guys that are in this range for me in the ranks, Evan Ingram or Antonio Gibson. I'd rather Gibson. I don't want anything to uh, – no, excuse me. I'd rather Ingram. I don't want anything to do with uh, Gibson or the Commanders. I would rather Gibson. Uh, let me ask you, Evan Ingram or Darren Waller? Notable Waller. not Darren Waller guy. Yeah, Waller. I've, I've okay. grown a little bit on Waller this year. I have. Okay. Just hope he's, I think he needs to just stay healthy and he should be able to produce. That's the biggest question. The, the yes. biggest question without a doubt. Yeah. And we, we agree on that. Uh, Ingram or Brandon Cooks? Cooks. Very big on Cooks this year. Mm. How how high would you draft Brandon Cooks? Just curious. Let's defer. Oh, he's got his ranks. To the ranks. We started the wide receiver ranks, and I have Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver 36. Whoa. That might be higher than me. Ahead of George Pickens, ahead of Jordan Addison, ahead of Zay Flowers, right behind your buddy, Jahan Dotson. Wow. I have Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver 39. Behind Pickens, yep. behind Njigba, behind Addison. But no, those I are the Cooks top three than... that are ahead of him. So Yeah, I think it, Cooks is definitely going to be better than those guys. In the same ballpark, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Evan Ingram or Daniel Jones? On the Superflex? Or just drafting? Yeah, well, on Superflex, it's kind of obvious. Jones. Yeah, Superflex super flex is Daniel Jones. Uh, I really don't want Daniel Jones to be my starting quarterback, so okay. I would rather live with Evan Ingram being my tight end. I'll give you one more. Evan Ingram or Khalil Herbert? Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah. I, I, I think I would roll with Herbert, just to see. Yeah, and listen, I'm not I'm not like the biggest Khalil Herbert guy, but I think where he's going right now, he's going at like 117th overall. He he will probably be their starter. 
It he's doesn't sound like run, he's a starting running back. It's going in, in like round 12. Like, what are we? Yeah, doing? it doesn't sound like it's going to be Roshan Johnson out of the gate. No, it doesn't. So it's either him or the ever living legend of Deonta Foreman. How he manages to survive. He's like a cockroach. No matter what he, you do, he's always around. He, yeah, he, he he's always around. Him, no matter what. Uh, so number nine on the list, a guy who's also been much talked about in this podcast by Mr. Simone, a uh, notable hater of the man, uh, Marquise Brown of the Arizona Cardinals. Look, do we really think a member of the Arizona Cardinals is winning you a fantasy league this year? Probably not. I mean, Holly, what does Hollywood really do efficiently for fantasy managers? He, this yeah, is even dating back to his time for in Baltimore, for the most part, aside from maybe his last year for the first like eight weeks of the season, right? He doesn't stay healthy. He's not consistent whatsoever. What are we doing here with, with drafting Hollywood Brown? I think people are drafting him like inside the top like 40 players, I think I saw. Or, or if I, I would just have to refer back to uh, our friends over at Fantasy Bros. But, you know, yeah, like I'm looking at the ranks right now. Hollywood Brown is being drafted at, if I can find it here, if I'm not an idiot. He's 76th overall in the ADP right now. The ECR has him at 71. Yeah, I'm telling you, Fantasy Pros was way higher on the. They met 56 as their wide receiver 30. Nope, I, no, thank you. No thanks. That 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 to me, you are not. And that's like the ceiling of Hollywood Brown is like a fringe top 30 guy. If you if you're lucky, I don't see a world where Colt McCoy is going to produce fantasy success right away. I don't know what the Cardinals are really doing this year, to be honest. With you. Like, I mean, Carson Wentz is at. You're telling me that's the best they could do is Colt McCoy. Like, I mean, at least like Carson Wentz is out there, right? I, I mean, you can't bring him in. Well, they're they're, th- they're thinking that Kyler could be ready to go week one, which is unrealistic. No, that's extremely unrealistic. Yeah, completely. Now, if, now if Kyler is ready week one, you might be able to sell me a little bit on Hollywood, but I'm sure. I, I don't think Kyler is going to be ready to go by like Thanksgiving. I mean, the the guy got hurt Agreed. at the end of last year. Agreed. I completely agree. I think the, the 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 Kyler hope is that you put him on the pop and he's ready to go by week six. I think that that is realistic. And then I still like I wouldn't hate Hollywood like this, but like, what's the point? Like you're getting like six weeks of Colt McCoy. Like I could be out of the playoffs by week seven. You know what I'm saying here? Right, right. And at that point, what is Hollywood Brown really doing for you? No, N- not a whole lot. Hollywood is my overall player, 79, and I believe he's my wide receiver, 32. And that's even pretty high. 34. Actually, 34. I might have him at 34 myself. 34. I have Judy I have Judy and Dotson ahead of him, and then I have him ahead of Deontay Johnson, Jordan Addison. I'm actually – yeah, I'm going to put Deontay Johnson above uh, Hollywood, so that makes him my wide receiver. I have Deontay Johnson 25. as my wide receiver, 29, looking at it now. Mm, I I like that. Yeah, I I have uh, Marquise Brown at thirty three, behind Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, but ahead of John Dotson, Michael Pittman, those guys. Okay, so let me ask you: uh, Hollywood or hmm, or Javante Williams? Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. give give me. Uh, I think I would go Hollywood. Okay, I, I don't want either. I would go Javante, but yeah, I don't want either. Let's say he signs with the Dolphins, Dalvin Cook or Hollywood. Cook. Cook. Okay. Comfortably? Cook, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how interested the Dolphins are in him. I mean, it's weird that he's not there after visiting the Jets. Like, yeah. 
Maybe he's like hoping that Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson gets hurt, which yeah. I mean, we're not wishing <laughs> they've been hurt before, to say the least. Right. Right. Hollywood or or Jerry Judy? Uh Judy. Judy quite comfortably for me. Hollywood or Hollywood or DeAndre Hopkins? I would go Hopkins quite okay. quite comfortably. Okay. I still have Hopkins inside my top twenty. I definitely don't. I have I have Hopkins in my overalls. I have him at sixty three. I have him behind Ridley, behind Kirk, uh, behind Debo, and behind DJ Moore. He might actually be. Hold I on. have him ahead. I have him ahead of Debo and DJ Moore, but I have Ridley ahead of him. DeAndre Hopkins is my wide receiver nineteen right now. I have Hopkins twenty six. Yeah, I think you're a little low on him. I th- I, I think. I think he'll be able to – I mean, look, he he's produced with some whack quarterbacks before. I think it has more to do with the offense and not necessarily who the quarterback is for me. Yeah, but A.J. Brown was awesome for, for the uh, Titans with sure. in, in that same offense. I, sure. I think Traylon Burks was really ascending too last year just due to injuries. I, I think they could definitely have a wide receiver one. I'm not I, – I think Hopkins has another good year left in him. So let's go to number eight on the list, and that is Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. For me, it come, there are multiple factors with this. Number one, it seems the only guarantee in that Chargers passing game is Keenan Allen. And I know we saw Keenan Allen miss a lot of time last year with the hamstring, and there are questions about whether or not Keenan Allen is going to stay healthy. There are equal questions about Mike Williams and his overall durability, and Mike Williams is a much younger receiver who got paid a ton of money. And, oh, by the way, the Chargers also drafted a guy that profiles to replace Mike Williams, if need be, in Quentin Johnston. I look at this Chargers offense, and I just say to myself, okay, there's Eckler, who's going to get his. There's Keenan Allen, who's going to get his. Do I think that Mike Williams is going to be consistent enough? Now, well, he will get his. He will get his yeah. for sure, especially close enough to the red zone. He definitely has eight, nine touchdown upside with how good this Chargers offense is. But do I think week to week he is going to be super consistent outside of when he's playing the Kansas City Chiefs, who he always absolutely demolishes? No, I I, I don't. And I just have massive reservations about going and taking Mike Williams with anything more than, than maybe a mid-seventh round pick. I just have a real hard time with getting on board with that when you could also be looking at the likes of some of these younger receivers that might have more upside that could become number ones. Is Mike Williams going to become a number one with Keenan Allen there? No, he's not. I was going to mention how if you take away his games against the Chiefs over the years, we're talking about like a fringe rosterable guy almost, I feel like. It, it's that inconsistent. And I, I, I don't think I've ever rostered Mike Williams on a fantasy team as long as I've been playing. And I've always been fading him. And this year will be no different. Not consistent enough for me, especially in the full PPR format. It's even, I don't want to call him useless in, in full PPR, but he's definitely watered down more because he's not like a PPR guy, but like he's a big play guy. And if he's going to have a big week, it's probably scoring once or twice, probably twice if it's really that big of a week. So I'm fading him. The offense is growing. There's Keenan Allen still there. We know Mike Williams is always hurt. I mean, look, Mike Williams entered the league when he was hurt for crying out loud. Like, he, this guy is hurt every single year of his career, and it doesn't get better as you get older. Not to call Mike Williams old here, but uh, it's just not a guy for me. 
definitely not at the price. I'm I'm looking at the, the ranks right now. I have Mike Williams as my 32nd wide receiver okay. uh, right now. So I, I have guys like I have Ayuk ahead of him. I'd much rather have Mike Evans than him, who's a similar player. Very similar. Um, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, like those are all names. And you could even uh, like you could sell me on the guys I have. By, like he's not ahead of guys by like a country mile here. So um, definitely on the same page there. Mike Williams hasn't been for me. Will never be for me. His weekly finishes from 2022 in full point PPR. 98, 8, 54, 13, 9, 67, 7, 84, 4, 41, 34, 15, 55. It's it's just not it's just not good enough. That's not good enough. No. That's no. simply not good enough. And if you look at the adva- advanced metrics of Mike Williams, they tell a completely different story. Wide receiver 20 in points per game, 42nd in target share, 21st in air yard share. You know, things that, you know, if you want to dig real deep, you can. But guess what? I analyze with the eye test. And Mike Williams is not a guy that I'm going to trust as a week-to-week reliable option in fantasy football. I never have and I never will. Mike Williams or Michael Pittman, Jake? I have Williams ranked higher by two, but... You could sell if it's Minshew. Give me Pittman. Okay, uh, I have Pittman by one. Williams or Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Okay. Williams or we'll bring him up. Williams or Debo. Oh, D- Debo quite comfortably. Okay, Debo for me too. Williams or Terry McLaurin. McLaurin quite another one quite comfortably. Yep, me too. Me too, McLaurin, quite comfortably. Uh, let's go outside the, rece- the receiver position. Mike Williams or Justin Fields? Give me Justin Fields. Yeah. Say it's in Say it's in the middle of round six. Yeah, I would rather have Fields as my quarterback. Okay. Probably wouldn't draft either, but sure. <laughs> Me too, for what it's worth. I, w- I, w- I would rather Fields. Uh, Mike Williams or or Christian Kirk? Uh, Kirk. Yeah, pretty close to quite comfortably. Okay, yeah, Kirk, Kirk for me as well. Uh, number seven guy, we're gonna have probably a nice little debate on. J.K. Dobbins of of the Baltimore Ravens, a guy that I love, and Jake puts him on on bust alert. I'm, I'm kind of offended. Complete. Yep. I mean, look, for starters, he's not even practicing, and I don't know if you saw it today. John Harbaugh said he doesn't know when he's gonna be back. Uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong problem. here. Yeah, when's the last time a, a situation has worked out with a running back where the coach doesn't know if he's going – right? Like these holdouts for running backs, they don't – I mean, Saquon Barkley's was a little different. That was what, two days? Like uh, that, Two that days for, and over $900,000. Exactly. So that wasn't exactly like a, you know, a, a holdout, holdout here. Like we're approaching th- three or four weeks until, right? Yeah, about four weeks. Until kickoff here, and mm-hmm. Coach Harbaugh doesn't know where J.K. Dobbins is, and the Ravens are a proud franchise here. And like J.K. Dobbins has not proven jack squat in the National Football League. He hasn't done anything. Like who is he not to show up to practice? Like you need to earn your spot here. The Ravens are a proud franchise. They'll find somebody else at the end of the day. And you look at the offense with Lamar Jackson. He's the primary rusher for the Baltimore Ravens. He will lead the Ravens in rushing in all likelihood. You spell that with J.K. Dobbins not really having that big of a track record and he's burned managers left and right. Oh yeah. And also JK Dobbins 
always seems to have some type of underlying knee injury. <laughs> it's it's not really something that I'm gravitating t- towards, especially in full PPR. The Ravens offense doesn't really set up running backs for success with pass catching duties either. So, yeah, no thanks on Dobbins. He he is going to completely burn people this year. I hope you change your mind on him, really, because he he's really a waste of time. Like I don't want to be you know cruel here, but. I, you know it's coming with him. Like it, it, it's not. It's just never gonna work for him, in my opinion. Especially with the Ravens, there's clearly a disconnect there. So I'm out. Let somebody else deal with that headache. On if J.K. Dobbins will be available to play. Right now, if you're telling me that J.K. Dobbins is is going to play, I'm comfortable with taking him in round five. If he starts pushing back end of round four, then no, no, it's a I classic it. round five bust, dude. Like you, you yeah, look, man, sure. I, I'm looking at the ranks here. Like you're telling me you would rather have you, you feel better about JK Dobbins than Rashad white and full PPR. Do I feel better about him? The upside is great of Rashad white. The floor is safer with Dobbins. I, I with think Dobbins. Rashad white's a better player than him from what I saw last year. I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a similar guy here. Same draft class, same little backstory, disconnect and injury. How about Cam Akers? You'd rather have Dobbins than Akers? Yes, I would rather have Dobbins than Akers just because the the offense of the Ravens is better than the Rams. Hang on, but first of all, I don't know about that either. But second of all, is the offense really set up for Dobbins to have success with Lamar Jackson rushing for over 1,000 yards if Lamar Jackson, of course, plays, (laughs) which is another thing? Sure, and then I I counter you with, is the offense in Los Angeles set up for Cam Akers to succeed when it's it the is. Cooper Cup show? It is. I mean, look, the year they won the Super Bowl, like, I mean, before Cam Akers got back from it, I mean, you can't really count that. The guy's coming back from an Achilles injury. Thrill sure. Henderson was killing it that year in fantasy. Yeah. And then when Henderson went out, Sony Mich- and then Sony Michelle became a league winner when Henderson went out. Yeah, Sony. Rip to uh, Sony Michelle, re- recently retired Sony Michelle. Uh, all right, so this is going to be very interesting then. J.K. Dobbins or Aaron Jones? Jones, Jones. I would I rather. I, I would rather no Dobbins. I don't, that's that's a ludicrous debate right there. I don't want to get into the Aaron Jones business. I, I've I'm, never I'm been in really, the Aaron Jones business. I, I'm not itching. Want. Yeah, I'm not itching to go get Jones because I don't love the Packers' offense this year. Right, but I'm telling you, man, it's not going to work out with Dobbins. Dobbins or Damian Pierce. I actually have Dobbins ahead of him by one. Okay. It's Dobbins for me comfortably. Dobbins or Miles Sanders? Sanders. It is Sanders by one. Dobbins or Alexander Madison? Madison quite comfortably. It is Madison quite comfortably for me too. I didn't love Madison getting hurt though. Well, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, don't love that. Don't love that. Hopefully it's a day-to-day thing and he'll be fine. Dobbins or, I'll give you one more, Dobbins or James Conner? Oof. Uh, it's actually Dobbins. Okay, it's Dobbins for me too, and that's that's pretty comfortable. I would agree that is Dobbins safe. You don't have the stones to draft him, dude. I know you. You're not going to draft this guy. It depends where. It depends where, and it depends who else. Oh, uh, well, also, like, it kind of they, I, look. I hear you. It does depend where for me too. I guess. I mean, everybody has their price, but yes, I think he's more of like a round seven or a round eight guy. Than this oh, round if you're four telling me, I, guy. if you're telling me I can get it in round six, I'm doing cartwheels. 
No, I wouldn't. I still, I don't even think I would take him in round six. If I need a running back and I'm sitting in round five and J.K. Dobbins is staring me in the face and he's part, he is a part of that Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Rashad White, Cam Akers group. If you're telling me that Dobbins, the worst, the worst out of that whole group. That Dobbins is there? Oh, I don't. I I don't. Absolutely, hundred percent is the worst out of that whole group. I mean, you you so. you will be infuriated when you see Gus Edwards scoring one yard touchdowns this year for the Ravens. Oh, more than likely. See, yeah. that's probably the one thing that I do agree with. It's that eventually we're going to see Gus Edwards. If he plays, is Dobbins even showing up for Week One? Like, well, that's also part here? of the problem. That that is definitely also part so of the problem. So, so let, let let me ask you a question. Sure. I I know we got a segue here, but still, mm-hmm. like, let's say that it's week. It, we're getting. Well, it's like a week before week one. Like you have your draft, let's say eight twenty-four. I assume you would have one. Sure. And Dobbins is still not with the Ravens, or he might have just came back to the Ravens. You're gonna draft him if he's where, not back. Where am I drafting him? Rounds. Let's just say round five or six. Let's say he doesn't go in the tail end of round four. Let's say he goes to the mid mid round five if he slips to round six. Round six, I would do it. Round five, I would have a think, but probably do it. I know you. There's no way you're going to do it. It also it also depends on what my team looks you're, like. You're not going to draft a guy that's not on the team currently. But if but your question is if he shows up. Let, if he let's shows just, up and I know he's playing. Okay, but what if he doesn't show up? Oh, then no chance. Then no okay. chance. Then absolutely no chance. But yeah. if he shows up and in the middle of round five, I would think about it. Round six, absolutely I would do it. Okay, well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna see. I'll, I'll but, see for myself. But hold on, what I will say to you, I would not feel comfortable with J.K. Dobbins as my RB one, like I would feel about Miles Sanders, Rashad White, even Cam Akers, and to an extent Aaron Jones as well. I think J.K. Dobbins is a great RB two, if not unbelievable flex play. But if you're going a zero RB team. And you're thinking about starting it with J.K. Dobbins, regardless of situation. I don't. I don't love that. I would love it if it were Miles Sanders. I would yeah. love it if it were Aaron Jones to an extent. I would love it if it were Rashad White. We're gonna agree. We'll see. I mean, it's a shame. I used to love Dobbins, but I, I woke up. <laughs> I woke up. So number six for me. An interesting one for sure. Tyler Lockett. And listen, I bought into the Tyler Lockett Kool-Aid last year. I drafted him. And this is the man that just he's, – he's another cockroach. He refuses to die. But in all the all the best ways. That Seattle offense hummed last year. Tyler Lockett was great. Outperformed his ADP by leaps and bounds with Geno looking like better than Russell Wilson has ever looked in his life. But now you bring in a new a new member to this equation in, in Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is getting so much hype at the moment with how good he looks in camp. Does the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba take away enough from Tyler Lockett to the point where Lockett gets basically relegated to being a a bench receiver in 2023? I have my doubts about Lockett being able to do it again, but the man just keeps on doing it every single year. It just feels a little bit meh this year with now you're adding another body to to the equation. 
said four straight thousand yard seasons, five straight 900 yard seasons, been eight, nine, 10 touchdowns every year for the last five. He, he's been outstanding. I just wonder if this is the, the time where Tyler Lockett becomes more of a, a quality bench option versus a guy that you're consistently starting as a wide receiver too, which is kind of the range of where you're drafting him. He's my wide receiver 19 at the moment, wide receiver 18. And I don't feel very comfortable about it, given the That's amount of high. options that, that, are, that are in Seattle. If you could say to me that he's a 70, 75 catch guy for just a shade under a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, I think I would probably take that. But I just don't know what the ceiling is with him with Jackson Smith and Jigba there. It's probably going to require an injury to Metcalf or JSN for Lockett to have a chance to be what he's been for the last four years, which is a lock thousand yard receiver, eight, nine touchdowns and a gem for fantasy. Yeah, I, I think the Geno and Lockett connection, though, was probably strongest last year. And when Lockett got hurt, that offense kind of took a step back, probably why they didn't make the playoffs. And once Lockett came back, they looked like they were playing better in the second half. Not really the second half, but like the last, like, I don't know, three weeks of the season or whatever it was when he came back. So I, I, I think Lockett will be fine. He won't be as exciting. The ceiling isn't the highest, especially now with JSN. But I think JSN might kind of – I don't want to compare him to Justin Jefferson at all, but, like, it'll be kind of like the Justin Jefferson effect. And, like, we even saw last year with Garrett Wilson to an extent where it's going to take a few weeks for him to really be ingratiated into the offense and really hit his stride. I think early on Lockett especially will be fine. He might be a good, like, sell-high guy earlier in the year. And then towards the end of the year, the, I'm pretty sure Lockett's a free agent at the end of the year too with the Seahawks you'll start to really see him get, I don't want to say phased out, but you'll see that the writing's kind of on the wall for him not to return to the Seahawks next year with JSN in the fold with DK Metcalf. So I think Lockett will be fine. I, I, you have him inside your top 20, it sounds like. So you, you seem, uh, I, I don't really hate Lockett, and I'm a, honestly a lot lower on him than you are. I have him as my wide receiver 25. So Okay, so I'm a lot higher than 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 you are. On and I don't hate him. <laughs> no, I don't hate Lockett either. I just have I have some concerns about him, but they're not concerns that are going to deter me from drafting him. If that makes sense. Yes, yes. He but I, he is I, a guy I, that I completely agree with what you with what you just said. He is the kind of guy that you could draft, and is an awesome guy to try and deal. An awesome guy to try and get some sort of sick return on maybe. Maybe you have a guy in the top 12 that looks like, you know, they're a little slow or whatever. And you have Lockett that just comes out and he's on fire to start the year. Yeah, you you could trade Lockett for one of those bigger names and really do do well. Like, yeah. I think that is a great idea to, tr yeah, to try and that. do that. And, I, and, and I, I think there is the possibility that he could get phased out a little bit as we go on and on. And then he eventually goes to Denver and joins Russell Wilson. And they get the band back together. Yeah. And speaking of Denver, we had some breaking news with Denver. I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, Sean Payton says that Javante Williams will play in the preseason, but it will probably be the second game. And he likes how he is progressing coming back from injury. Just That's that good whole. News. Yeah, it's good news. It's also a little like, hmm. I mean, he got later than he got hurt later than Brees Hall in the season. And Hall mm -hmm. isn't playing in the preseason, I, different approaches, but interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, and from and from what I gather and from what I've heard, it sounded it sounded like Javante Williams had a much more serious injury than Brees Hall two, did. It's two teams that I think are are in different directions. I yeah. think. Yeah, I would I I would agree. Where the Broncos are just trying to 
to to stay afloat. Before we before we go on to uh, to, to number five, I do want to ask you, and, and you reminded me, so thank you very much. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, Sean Payton going after your OC? The I civil mean, war between Jets. the Broncos and the Jets. I never would have seen that coming. Our, week five, Jets Broncos. Aaron Rodgers start of the week. He just might be. Honestly. He he, he started the week. I mean, is that game in Denver or it's, at it's in it's in Denver? But luckily, like oh, Nathaniel Hackett back in Denver. Oh yeah, that that's gonna be civil. Nathaniel Hackett revenge game. That's Rodgers' like best friend in the world too. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Sean, that was out of bounds by Sean. You don't do that to other coaches. Uh, agreed. Uh, like, completely agreed. That's ridiculous. And players like Nathaniel Hackett too. Last year, it wasn't the fact that they didn't like him. They just he just wasn't a head coach. He was he's yeah. a coordinator. And I think his track record as a coordinator is pretty good, particularly with this guy Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, you 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 gave the Jets some bulletin board material. Uh, so, yeah, when that guy Aaron Rodgers plays with the chip on his shoulder, it, it tends to work out more often times than not. So, maybe thank you for Sean Payton for doing that. Listen, that was about the dumbest thing that I think Sean Payton could have possibly done. And I that game's going to get guy. I and you know what's crazy is there was I saw a tweet from Schefter this morning. Jets week five is when you can start flexing games onto primetime Sunday night football, but Cowboys 49ers are on primetime. Imagine if the Jets, imagine if they do that with the Jets Broncos just for, just for that to edge out the Cowboys and 49ers. I could tell you right now that NBC would do it for probably any other game except when the Dallas Cowboys are on national television because well, they, just they playing the Niners. draw. NBC yeah, is about to get rid of that rating boom. I can tell you that right now. I know. Well, I mean, I could see it. If the Jets are really rolling, I could see it. Mm, would would the would NBC get rid of the Cowboys? That would be ooh, that would be a that would be crazy. It's Aaron Rodgers of the Cowboys. I mean And would they use would they use a flex early at early on? I don't really think I think they changed the whole like I, I think, think they, they did. I don't, games I don't remember how it works. Yeah, whatever. But still, Jets Broncos Week Five is going to be a game. That should be. Well, it's automatically a four twenty five game. It's probably going to be a national game, honestly. Yeah, I'm sure you'll see Romo and uh, Nance there. More than likely. Yeah. Which hey, you could have Romo and Nance call, calling Jets. Sta- I can't stand watching those two call football games. I, I love it. They're love horrific. It. They're horrific, dude. Uh, very very quickly before we go, before we go to number five. Uh, the best, the best uh, commentary team for uh, for NFL, Buck and Aikman. No, uh, well, I do love Buck and Aikman, but I love my guy Iron Eagle the uh, best. Yes, I hate Charles yes. Davis though. I can't stand Charles. He need we need to get Dan Fouts back in the booth like ASAP. Charles Davis should be handed a pink slip. Honestly, he, <laughs> he can't be calling games like he is brutal. Yeah, I know um, he is. But outside of that, yeah, Buck and Aikman. I mean, it's a disgrace how we didn't get Buck and Aikman at all for the playoffs last year. Outside of the the dopey wild card game. Unbelievable, but we'll get them. It sounds like for the divisional divisional round this year. So thank uh, God, thank God. We need to get Collingsworth back with uh, Al Michaels too. I, I'm not a big Mike Tarico guy. No, I'm not a Mike Tarico guy either, personally. Burkhart's pretty good though on Fox. He surprised me last yeah. year. Yeah, he was pretty good. Greg Olson, Greg Olson. They were they fine. were good. Yeah. They were very good. And honestly, Mark Sanchez was a pretty good uh, color commentator yes. too. Yes. Sanchez is Sanchez is very good, and and you know what? If 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 there's ever a time where maybe uh, RG three gets a chance in the booth, RG three is really really good too. He does a lot of good stuff for college on uh, on ESPN. Maybe he gets a shot on uh, on on Monday night. 
Maybe. Don't they have? Don't they have? I don't think they have it this year because they have the one game. But I know normally they have the two Monday night games. But this year, I think it's the first year in a while where they don't have two yeah. Monday night games. Yeah, well, it's just the Aaron Rodgers show, I guess. I, I guess so. It's an, a, the Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen show. All right, so number five, the Atlanta Falcons. Wide, his wide, their wide receiver, Drake London, guy that we talked glowingly about the other day. Uh, not me. Then it had to have been with Adam. It had, it had, it had to, to be with had Adam, not me. Look, we love Kyle Pitts. We do. I like Kyle Pitts. We do indeed. What and there? I just don't see a a formula out there for Desmond Ritter to give us two guys to start quite comfortably in fantasy football. And the tight end is usually a security blanket for the young quarterback. I I just think London has some issues with separation, especially. And for a young quarterback to really trust the receiver, that takes time and the easy throw. Like London's not that security blanket type of guy for me. He's a guy that like a seasoned veteran would throw a ball into a tight window because he trusts him to go up and get it. I don't see a young guy doing that with Drake London. So the offense won't be scoring a ton. You got a quarterback that's young, inexperienced, and quite frankly, I don't really think is all that good. I think he's meh at best. I don't I don't really see Desmond Ritter becoming anything spectacular for the Atlanta Falcons. And you're telling me that there's going to be two guys for this offense, and particularly in the passing game. And if we love Bijan Robinson as much as we do, and that offense is going to be run first, drafting a guy in the top 10, a running back. So that's where I'm out on London and London is not the most durable guy either. He he came into the league hurt as it was with that knee last year. He missed time. I'm just, I'm sensing just disappointment from Drake London this year. If you want honesty. I I share the same concerns that Desmond Ritter could potentially become a, a problem for, for fantasy managers. And it just feels like, it feels like the only thing that's guaranteed in that Falcons offense is Bijan. How many times is Desmond Ritter? Is he if he throws the ball over twenty five times, I would be pretty surprised if they're playing like a, a real game. I'm not counting garbage time here. Oh, I'd be shocked. They should be in games. They have a pretty good defense. Yeah, and they should be able to control the clock with Bijan. I kind of, I kind of look at maybe the Daniel Jones season from last year. And I kind of wonder if that maybe could be. And it really wasn't the a pass ceiling. Yeah, I know, but that wasn't great either. I mean, look, he no, he, it he wasn't. He, fourteen touchdowns last year, like fifteen and, touchdowns, five picks, four hundred and seventy-two dropbacks, three hundred and seventeen completions. I don't even think he gets that, to be honest. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. And like, if we like Kyle Pitts, where are we finding two pass catchers in this offense to really love? Agreed. Agreed. I like London. I, I I obviously like Pitts like Pitts more. One of those guys is going to have to to be the guy. I'm obviously going to hedge my bet that it's that it's on 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 Kyle Pitts. But if it if it, it's if it's Drake London, I really wouldn't be surprised. Like like I said, the only thing that seems to be guaranteed in in that Atlanta offense is probably Bijan. But even then, like Arthur Smith got the job in the first place. Why? Because he ran the ball so much with Derrick Henry. Okay, he now has his watered down version who knows watered down he could beat derrick henry 2.0 you never know with the reminds me of saquon i I think saquon is a very good comparison and that daniel jones and uh analogy that you used there was very good oh thank you thank you 3200 yards we're we're Uh, betting on one guy in this offense here and to me that's kyle pitts and and if london's having a good year it's pitts probably isn't and we're wrong on that front Uh, yes yes 
it's one or the other more than likely. Uh, I like I like both a little bit. Pitts is obviously uh, is is the guy that I would go for there. London, London or DJ Moore? Ah, uh, they're ranked pretty close. I have they're very close for me. I have more ahead of him by three. So I'm gonna I have go more. London ahead of him by two. London, my wide receiver, twenty. London, my uh, wide receiver, twenty-seven. Ooh, oh, okay. London or Chris Godwin? Godwin. I have Godwin too. Godwin two by one. Uh, London or Amari Cooper? Cooper, I love Cooper this year. I do too. I do. Too. I like it's Cooper comfortably. Coop Cooper is. Hang on. Cooper is ranked pretty high for me. Amari Cooper is my 16th ranked receiver this year. He's my wide receiver 17. Yeah, so I'm I'm very high on him. Yeah, so we're, we're both we're both pretty high on him. Uh London or let me go to my overalls here. London or now I got to fucking find him. There he is. London or Isaiah Pacheco. Give me Pacheco. Give me the Chiefs running back. It's London by 1. But it's so close. I go back yeah. and forth on that duo quite often. London or DeAndre Swift? In that full. that's an interesting Swift in full, London in half for me. Okay. Okay. I have it London, but still very close. London or Damian Pierce, last one. I think I would go London. I have Pierce by two. Yeah, we're splitting hairs Again, there. I don't, don't, I don't either. love it. Yeah, I, I don't want to have to be in that position. No, no. Pierce Pierce is off off the radar. Like we're, we're talking about two guys and just some pretty bad offenses. Yes. In terms for fantasy success, at least yep. in the Falcons case. Yeah, you're not win- you're not winning a fantasy title with a guy from the Houston Texans. You might win one with a guy in the Atlanta Falcons. I just don't know if it's going to be Drake London. It's probably going to be yep. Bijan. Or or Kyle Pitts. Uh so number four for me. Got to give the quarterbacks a little bit of attention here. Anthony Richardson. Now, he's the flavor of the month. Everyone seems to be very excited about the potential that Anthony Richardson brings to the table, especially as an athlete, what he could do outside the pocket with his legs. But the guy right now is not even getting QB1 reps in, in, in Colts camp. That yeah, he's he's going to go down in price, I think, by the time we're drafting. Oh, he already has. He already yeah. has. He's 102nd overall right now. Does, does it almost remind you a little bit of Trey Lance last season when everybody Very was similar. Very going nuts? similar vibes. Yes. In my ranks, in my ranks, I have Anthony Richardson right now at 127th overall. As the He's QB a, what? He is my QB 16. He's my QB 18, so... I even thought I was a little high on him. I just don't know when he's going to be starting. He's not being QB reps now, so you you figure it's not week one. I think we'll see how he looks in the preseason, but I agree. I just think people just see the rushing upside just go nuts when haven't really seen anything. Jake, I, ju- I just moved him down. I moved him down. He's now my QB 18. I moved Goff and Stafford ahead of him. So I'm with you. He's my, he's, my, he's my QB 18. Um, I, I love... I love the upside that it brings to the table. I'm not saying that I don't, but I just find it very hard to get on board with a guy who may not start the season. And you're taking that guy in round 11, according to the current ADP on fantasy pros. That to me is just silly. And what is, is not a, this is not a quarterback uh, position in the quarterback spot. 
where guys are going to be going out there and they're just going to be taking reps for fun. You know, it's, don't, it's not I, like the yeah. running back position and the receiver position where game reps actually in the moment when games count are plausible because there's only one quarterback. You know, there's three, there's three receivers that could be on the field, uh, multiple tight ends. You could get reps in other ways with, with the skill position players. You kind of can't do that with a quarterback. It sounds obvious, but yeah. it's just it's just the truth. So yeah, I, why why am I going out of my way to draft Anthony Richardson when right now there's no guarantee that he's even going to start? I want to see him in the preseason more than anything. Yeah, I think uh, for Superflex, I wouldn't hate him as a QB3. No, um, I wouldn't hate him either. I think for Superflex, he's a little bit more appealing, but one QB leagues, Nah, I'm not really digging the price, to be honest with you. And I can find some safer options in one QB leagues. I would where I wouldn't feel upset that I missed him. He's a rookie too. I think next year he's gonna be pretty up there for me. Yes. I I would say I would probably give it maybe a month until Richardson starts. But then at A, that's probably conservative if he's not starting right away. If he starts in a month, where's your team at in a month? You know, if you're 0-4, is Anthony Richardson really coming in and saving the day when you're 0-4? No. No? No? So, you know, I, he's just one of those guys that for me, I just don't – what's the point? What's the point? He's better off as a guy that sits on waivers, and if you're 2-2, two and 3-1, two, and 4-0, and you have an available roster spot where, you know, you want to pick up a guy that – could have tremendous end of season potential. Sure. Uh, down. Down. But you're 0 and 4, 1 and 3. Anthony Richardson is not the uh the the guy on the on the white horse that's gonna be just, you know, coming in and and saving the day. He just I completely he just agree. Isn't. He is not he's not gonna be the cowboy on the white horse. He just isn't. I'm sorry. So I'm I'm out on on Richardson personally. Jake, actually, you know what? Let's do this exercise. Rank the first year, we'll say, potential first-year starters. Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, Anthony Richardson. I have – I'm just going by the ranks here. I have Richardson as the highest-ranked one. Me too. I would go Richardson, Young, Love, Stroud, Ritter, uh, Howell. Sam Howell, too. Sure. Yeah, I have Howell ahead of Ritter. Actually, I, part of me kind of thinks Sam Howell might be able to play with Eric Bieniemy. Listen, if, if, there, if, there's a, if there's a coordinator up. that could get it done, it's probably Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, that, I would say uh, Howell's a little bit more exciting than Ritter in that offense. But, yeah, that's how I'd rank him. Uh, I have it. Richardson, Love, Young, Stroud, Howell. Okay. So we're we're the same, just flip uh love and young. I I have young ahead of love by one, so and I have love ahead of young by one. So they're they're back to back for for both of us. Uh number three. Now this is when it gets a little spicy. Three, two, one, very, very spicy. When I saw this name pop up on uh the text that you sent. My jaw was on the floor. I was like, wow, I, I can't wait to hear this explanation. 
Jake, Devonta Smith, wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. You are calling a bust. Explain yourself. Yeah, let me explain. Not that Please I don't do. think he's going to be useless or anything like that, but he's just getting drafted so goddamn high, you know? Like, there was a point in time last year where, like, the first, like, month and a half of the season, it felt like, where he wasn't really panning out. And, he, I, you know, he was a streaky guy. He was boomer bust. And look, if you look at the offense, is he really going to replicate what he did last year? And he scored a lot last year, too. If I don't have the exact numbers offhand here, but it felt like he scored a good amount to where I don't really love banking on touchdowns being replicated. And really, when you score a lot of touchdowns, good chance is you have touchdown regression. So that's already not a great start. And now I'm not saying Devonta Smith. I still have Devonta Smith ranked inside my top 20 receivers, but I'm looking at the ranks here from, from our friends over at Fantasy Pros. I mean, he's being drafted right now as like the wide receiver 12, 13. That's too high. You, you can't tell me that you're going to take Devonta Smith over a guy like Chris Olave or DK Metcalf or, or even Keenan Allen with the Chargers. I even like Amari Cooper more than him because he's the number one receiver for Deshaun Watson. And every single year, Deshaun Watson's career, the number one receiver has been very favorable in fantasy. He's the second receiver of, of a team where the quarterback likes to run. That number one receiver is a true alpha. They added DeAndre Swift, who will get his pass-catching duties in the backfield. You still have Dallas Goddard there. I could see it where he's going to be a letdown for where you're drafting him. We're not doing this based off of if we like guys, hate guys. This is just solely where they're drafted. I, I just don't see how Devonta Smith meets that ADP or exceeds that ADP. I mean, you're telling me he's going to finish inside the top 10 receivers this year from where he's being drafted? No, he's, he's not. So... Less to do about Smith, more about where he's getting drafted, for my explanation. Uh, Jake, you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with my overall concerns about Devonta Smith. And there's only so much, so many mouths to feed in, in, in the Philadelphia offense. Now, will he have his games? And yet, Jalen Hurts had to run for his quarterback at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. There's a ton of guys there. Jalen Hurts wants to make plays with his legs. What's the red zone upside for Devonta Smith? A.J. Brown is is that guy. Dallas Goddard will get his as well. They like to run the ball, and they like to do that, you know, little sneak play on the one-yard on the one yard line. You're not going to see Devonta Smith, you know, running in any touchdowns or, or, or anything like that. He's a guy that while he is uber-talented and while the situation is great, there's just a ton going on there. And the week-to-week is not going to be as steady as guys that you mentioned. Like it will be for, let's say, Keenan Allen in full point PPR. Like it most likely will be for Amari Cooper in full point PPR, a guy that we both really, really like. Um, yeah, with Devonta Smith, I don't understand why he's being drafted so high. I mean, I do because he's a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, and anybody who's a member of the Philadelphia Eagles is automatically going to get uh, a ton of love from the community, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they are one of the best offenses in football. And, and, you know, if you have the opportunity to land one of those guys, you you do it. Um, I just definitely have the week to week concerns, about how, how nice the journey is going to be for Devonta Smith to potentially get to where we all want him to be, which is a thousand yard receiver with uh, eight, nine touchdowns. I just don't know how yeah. he, he achieves that without some sort of injury happening to one of AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, or any of the running backs, potentially that, uh, that are there. He's my 35th overall player, so I'd be comfortable drafting him in the middle of round four. 
I'm not going to get him at that price. So I'm probably out on Devonta Smith as, th- as things currently stand. And I agree with you. I'd much rather have the likes of DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, much rather. Look, and I, would include, as... I would include T Higgins and Chris Olave in that as well. Yeah. Higgins, definitely Olave too. Looking at his numbers. One last thing. He was 95, just under 1200 yards, seven touchdowns. If I'm doing a projection here, I'm thinking 85, a little over a thousand yards, four or five touchdowns. And uh, to I me, that's you, not a guy I, you draft at that price. I could tell you the projection that I have. And I, can, I can pull up the spreadsheet. So the spreadsheet, I have Smith down 81 catches, 1,052 receiving yards with five receiving touchdowns. Yeah, that's that's not a guy you're drafting at that price. No. It, it, it's not. So he's, that's, that's my only gripe with him. He's a fine wide receiver, too, with a incre- – I don't want to say an incredibly low ceiling – but a lower ceiling compared to the likes of Metcalf, Higgins, Olave, Cooper, Allen. Yes, yes. That's that's where I was going with, with Smith. And that's 100% correct, and I agree. I completely agree. I don't think there's a world where Devonta Smith is going to be absolutely terrible because I don't know how he agree there as, well. as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, but can he be week-to-week not as great, if not underwhelming? Sure. Yeah, I, I just feel like you're going to be disappointed where you draft him from what he actually does. That's where I'm going with. And with that is a fair argument. take. That That's a fair take. And I completely understand that. Number two. My top bus candidate, I should say. Uh, Brees Hall of the of the New York Jets. What's coming out of there right now is uh, a lot of mixed signals as to whether or not Brees Hall is going to be ready to go. It looks like one day he is going to be, then the next it's not. We're talking about a guy that you're taking in, for some people, the top 20 of your drafts, for me, top 30. And there's no real clarity as to what he's going to look like coming back. And if you look at the recent history of running backs that come off of major injuries, you know, you look at Cam Akers, you look at J.K. Dobbins, just, you know, two recent examples from, from last year. Not great. And it takes a year for them to, to really get back if they ever. I mean, Cam Akers, we saw flashes at the end of the year. Same thing, same thing with J, with J.K. Dobbins. Brees Hall is super talented. I'm not saying that he's not. I think there is a world that we live in where Brees Hall, one day, we're talking about him being a locked and loaded top 10 fantasy pick, um, if not next year, because of how of how good he is. In the situation that he's in with the New York Jets as well, there's and you could tell me this, Jake, whether you get the same vibe as I do, being the more uh, the more centric Jets guy than I. I kind of get the vibe that at least early on they're going to want to test out multiple running backs. They're going to want to get Michael Carter a little bit of a run. Definitely going to want to give Izzy Abanacanda a bit of a run, and then of course uh, Brees Hall. And then there's also that guy Aaron Rodgers that's there, and. I don't know if anybody has watched the Green Bay Packers over the last couple of years, but Aaron Rodgers wants to throw the ball deep downfield. He wants to be aggressive. He wants to take shots downfield. And if the New York Jets are going to get any ounce of the Aaron Rodgers that I know, it's that Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to settle for dump-offs if he doesn't have to. Now, Aaron Rodgers is one of the more dump-off pro guys in the entire league. We saw Aaron Jones be very successful catching passes from Aaron Rodgers. But if it's up to Aaron Rodgers, what's his first thing to do? 
it's not to throw uh, a three-yard uh, shuffle pass to Brees Hall or any of the other running backs. He wants to go downfield to one of his downfield targets, whether it's uh, C.J. Uzama, whether it's uh, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. He wants to test it downfield, and I just have major concerns that 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 Brees Hall, with that knee not being 100%, that he's just a guy that middles around and unfortunately is not back at his best in year one, and he's just a guy that I'm staying away from at all costs, and I hope I'm wrong because I think Brees Hall is ridiculously talented. Yeah, I agree. I think as long as Cook isn't here, I, I would feel a lot more comfortable with taking Hall. But the offense needs to run the ball. I mean, when Rodgers was at his best in Green Bay with, with those years with Nathaniel Hackett, they had A.J. Dillon and they had Aaron Jones, and especially Aaron Jones out of the backfield, his pass-catching abilities. And when Brees Hall went out with injury last year, Jets couldn't run the ball with, with Michael Carter or, or Zonovan Bam Knight. And maybe, maybe that was just due to poor quarterback play because when you're not afraid of anybody throwing the ball and you're just going to stuff the box and just sniff out run plays, maybe that had something to do with it, but – I trust this coaching staff. If Hall is out there for week one, I don't think they would just put him out there if he wasn't ready. Maybe they ease him into it and he's not a full go where he's getting about 25 touches a game. But look, we're talking about a Brees Hall that's getting drafted in the second round right now in, in current redrafts. I, I just think that in, in round two, I need a sure thing. And I need to take a guy that I have no questions about because when you go into a draft, you, this, this is the problem that I find that people don't have. They don't have any type of strategy whatsoever. It's, oh, whoever's on the board, I'm going to think about it. Like, you need to have about three guys in your mind or written down that you're going to take that you feel just awesome about because odds are one of them are going to be there if you're really preparing for your draft. And you can't sell me. There's not going to be three guys that are in your spot that you feel that Brees Hall is more of a safer bet than it's just not at that point in the draft. Now, if we were talking like tail end of round three, round four, like we were kind of drafting JK Dobbins last year when he was coming back from his injury. I feel like I, I, my memory could be just very faded there. If you were telling me on that and I was drafting him more to be my RB two with immense upside, or maybe even my flex, if I go heavy RB in the beginning of the draft, I'm fine with that strategy, but round two where you really need a sure thing. No, just it, it's just there's just way better options for you right there. Completely agree. I completely agree. A uh, Brees Hall, the projection that I have down for him, I have him down for 180 carries with 35 catches, all in all, 1,200 yards total. I think if you're if you could get that from a guy that you're taking in round three, early round four, I think you are very happy with that. But from a guy that you're going to be that event that odds are you're going to be taking in the top like 15 almost. Yeah. Yeah. Let's well, check the ADP on him right now. Oh, oh, uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold the phone. Wow. Okay. The ADP has him in the middle of round three. All right. So the 80, that, you know, well, what? that's what that Dalvin Cook news too, though. Sure. Sure. If Dalvin Cook doesn't go there. And Brees Hall creeps back up towards the early part of round three. No, nah, nope, nope, not happening, not happening. But in round if, four, if, yeah, if he was around that three four turn, I would seriously consider him. Yes, that's a swing for the fences pick. Where you know, if you get burned by your third or fourth round pick, you're you're not in complete deep shit. Like you can redeem yourself later on in that draft. Agreed, completely agreed. 
All right, Jake. So your number one bust pick, guy you've also talked about in the past, Josh Jacobs. Uh, my good buddy, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Well, for starters, the, the, the offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, like, do we really expect big things from the Raiders this year? I just feel like that's a disaster waiting to happen in Las Vegas. Um, for starters, especially led by Josh McDaniels. And also he's not at training camp right now. He's going to come in late to training camp. You're not going to be in prime time football shape to be ready to go and replicate that season you had. Granted, he might still be playing for his cash, but do we really think Josh Jacobs is going to show up to training camp without any type of pay raise? I find that very hard to believe. If you dig your feet into the ground this much, there's some type of middle ground there. So is he really playing for his cash? I don't know. Like I could see them tack on maybe like a a little Band-Aid type of extension for Josh Jacobs to get him into the building. So that's for starters. And this guy was never the most reliable guy before last year, right? It was pretty – they didn't pick up his fifth-year option for a reason. And that's quite telling of how they felt about Josh Jacobs because we always go by what teams tell us. And they were telling us they didn't envision Josh Jacobs being part of their long-term plans. And then there were some big games last year, and then all minds were changed. Derek Carr is not there anymore. Devontae Adams is still there. They're playing in a gauntlet of a division where they'll probably be having to get into these shootout type of games to compete. So that doesn't really spell very well for Josh Jacobs, who's not the most efficient pass catcher out of the backfield, especially in a full point PPR format. And you're drafting Josh Jacobs as in an inside the top 10 of running backs right now. It's a very tough sell. He doesn't have a good offense. Game scripts won't go his way. He's showing up late to training camp. He hasn't been the most reliable before in the past both on the field and also durability-wise. I'm not seeing it with Josh Jacobs that the consensus is seeing, so I'm definitely out on him there. There's no way I'll have Josh Jacobs on a fantasy roster this year. Only two running backs have finished as the RB1 the following year after leading the NFL in touches since 2013. Josh Jacobs led the NFL in touches in 2022. Odds are, if you believe believe in numbers and you believe in that stat, he's not going to be the RB1. Then you need to look at, the fact that he's not reporting reporting to camp, like Jake said, unless he gets a new contract. You look at his numbers as well. He basically, for his career, is a 250-carry guy at about 1,000 yards with 8 to 10 touchdowns. That's a fine running back. I'm not saying that it's not. But then you have last year, 340 carries, 1,600 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns, He completely exploded. Now, there's two things we need to figure out with Josh Jacobs. One, is he going to report? Is he going to show up? Are they going to get him a new contract? Number two, is that what Josh Jacobs is going to consistently do? Or is he going to regress back to the mean, which is about what he's done for his career, 250, 1,008? If he's a 250,008 guy, that's not a guy that you should be taking in round two. But if he's going to be... That 300-plus carry, 13, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdown guy. And yeah, he's worth taking that in round two. And I also have questions about him now with Garoppolo. Because the last two years under Derek Carr, the receiving numbers went up drastically. He was a 50-plus 50 50 plus catch guy, but he's never had a receiving touchdown in his career. Fun fact. So do we think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy that can continue to get Jacobs the ball and allow him to be a 50 catch guy again. I have my doubts about that, but do I think that Jacobs is going to be 
1600 yard guy again no i don't i i like jacobs more than you do jake but i also agree with the points that you're making about there's just no possible way that he could be able to do what he did a year ago he's gonna regress and what is he going to regress to being the biggest question and that's the reason why i'm out on jacobs is we don't know what the floor really is if it is that two fifty thousand, then I I can't be taking that guy at sixteenth overall in the current ADP. I just Look, I cannot do it. I have two running backs here. In what world is Josh Jacobs a better fan? Of really, three running backs. Sure, more like two. In what world would you take Josh Jacobs over Tony Pollard and Joe Mixon? None, none. Isn't that just maddening to you? None. Maddening. Uh, even so, De- even Derrick Henry too. I mean, I would rather have Derrick Henry. Easy, easy. That's not close. That that is not even close. The Mixon one, I see the argument where people would take Jacobs over Mixon. I do, because Jacobs. You look at him, total options in the Bengals offense. He's probably yeah, the number total three options guy. in the Bengals offense. Mixon's the primary running back in that Bengals. He's op- the pr- like- yes, he's the primary running back. But people people would also counter that and say, well. Josh Jacobs is also the primary running back. People thought he was going to be the primary running year, back for. And he wasn't. We're to- uh, dude, like Bengals. Okay, we don't have a visual here, but Bengals offense is up here, and then Raiders offense. Like we're we're comparing like you know apples Absolutely. to oranges here. I, I there are no disagreements there that the Bengals offense is much more worthy of my investment than the Raiders. One thousand percent. I'm just presenting the counter. Of you know what people would well, see is that Jacobs being the number two in that offense. Well, people gave me that counter; it would be a shit counter. <laughs> sure, but I agree with you. There's no no planet would I be taking Tony Pollard as things stand without any sign of Ezekiel Elliott back in Dallas or nobody else to be real competition for Pollard or Derrick Henry. There's just no way that I would take Jacobs over those guys. No chance. No chance. None. Zero. Zero chance. Uh, Josh Jacobs or Ramondre Stevenson? I have Jacobs by one. I have Jacobs by one as well. Wow, very good. Uh, Jacobs or Travis Etienne? I have Jacobs. I have Jacobs as well. Let's go into the overall, shall we? Jacobs or Amon Ross St. Brown? Very close for me. I would probably take Amon Ross St. Brown. I would take Jacobs. That's very close. Jacobs or Garrett Wilson? I would take Wilson. I would take Wilson by one. So you have I Wilson won. ahead of Monroe St. Brown then? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay, great. Yes, I do. And I, I've gone back and forth on that. But recently, it's been Garrett Wilson pre- comfortably enough. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Good deal. I'll give you one more here. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I could ask this and it'd be a really fair question. Uh, Jacobs or Jonathan Taylor? Now okay, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this first. Who do you think comes back first? Hmm. I think Taylor. Yeah. I, I kind of think Taylor too. I think Taylor too. I don't think Taylor has much of a leg to stand on here. Agreed. Agreed. But now, okay. So let me ask you. You're drafting. You're drafting today. Are you taking Jonathan Taylor at the back end of round two? Back end of round two, I think I'm in on Jonathan Taylor. I I, I said I said on a pod on a podcast last week that I would be going 
if I'm picking number one overall and I just took Justin Jefferson or Christian you got Taylor, or Jamar yeah. Chase or whomever, and you get Jonathan Taylor in round two, how do you not? I mean, shit, man. If, I, if I'm dra- I'm drafting a number six in a draft, if I get Jonathan Taylor in, in my turn at round two, I don't think I would pass on him in that middle of the second round. Honestly, I, I don't I don't think you can. No, but then I, we're looking at Higgins. Like if Pollard was there, maybe I, I think I would still take Taylor over T Higgins. Okay. Okay. And then what, if you were drafting today, would you take Josh Jacobs in the late part of round two, early round three? Say, so, say somewhere in the top, uh, say somewhere in the top 24. Really don't want Josh Jacobs. Well, good thing I'm not drafting today, but if I was, I probably would. Okay. Say, Say middle of round three, 30th overall. Yeah, round middle of round three, I'm taking him. Okay. Okay. Now, now if I'm drafting three weeks from now and he's not with the Raiders yet and he's looking like he's going to pull a Melvin Gordon, like remember when Gordon didn't show up for whatever, how many weeks? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. You can stay home. Like, <laughs> I'm all right. Like, somebody Agreed. else can deal with that. Agreed. No, thank you. I'm good. That's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. A long one, Jake. Maybe one of our longest ones ever. That's not a mailbag. Unbelievable. Yeah, a lot of material. Look, look at what look at what we've done here. Uh, if you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the program. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to submit your questions for the mailbag. Next week, we will be doing a mailbag. So submit those questions, and we will be emptying the mailbag out um, as many as it takes. So, uh, Jake, we might have set a new record for uh, a, a length of an episode this week between you and I. Uh, that might hold for about one week because next week when we empty out that mailbag holy hannah and we got the rankings disputes yes yes rankings disputes as well cannot wait so for jake simone i'm bird thank you so much for listening to the basic talk podcast man show and we'll catch you on the next one bye bye